0: Oh, y'all are in for a treat today because I have Lauren Tingle on the podcast, and she is sharing all about her experience with both public and private podcasting and how she uses it to drive traffic to her membership. Lauren is a former high school counselor turned content creator and curriculum writer. She is the high school counseling hype girl behind Counselor Click helping other high school counselors energize and breathe life into their programs through creative and engaging counseling resources. She's also the host of the podcast, High School Counseling Conversations, where she brings value and fun into high school counseling. When I first started Podcasting for Educators, Lauren was one of the first people that I was chatting with on Instagram. She is one of my OG listeners of this podcast. She started her podcast after downloading my free podcast launch guide, which you can get at podcastingforeducators.com slash launch guide. And I'm just so excited for you to hear her story about getting started with podcasting and how it's been going for her so far. And she is just so much fun to talk to. You're going to love her. So let's just go ahead and get into it. Your podcast is a powerful tool that serves your audience and your business. But how do you manage it all, bring in new listeners, and convert those listeners into customers? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Podcasting for Educators. I'm Sarah Whitaker, classroom teacher turned podcast manager, and I'm here to help you get the most out of your show, all while making an impact on other educators. All right. Welcome back, everybody. We have Lauren here with us. Lauren, welcome to the podcast. Thanks.
1: I'm so pumped to be here.
0: I'm excited to have you. So I gave an introduction all about you in the beginning of the episode so my listeners know that you're a former high school counselor, but something I did not know about you until we scheduled this interview is that you've got some background in broadcasting, which gave you that confidence to start your podcast. So can you tell us a little bit about your background there and how that helped you make your decision to start your podcast?
1: Yeah. um, The background in it sounds like you're giving me more credit than I deserve. <laughs> were you but a radio my, DJ? Basically, <laughs> my um major in undergrad was called telecommunications, which I describe as broadcast journalism. And it was radio and TV and part of your like internship, like unpaid credit hours, were doing a live news and like live news on radio and TV. So I mean you kind of got the whole background from interviewing people to editing it, to writing the story, to being the one on air. And it was like... Local public radio, but I would have friends that would be driving in the car and listening and being like, wait, I didn't know you're on the news radio in town. (laughs) It's like, y'all, this is, it's not that big of a deal. But I
0: mean, a local celebrity. (laughs) Right. I guess on
1: like, to me, it was like something that 80 year old men would like listen to, like in their living room or something. But it gave me some background and some context for knowing, like, okay, I've used editing software before. I've interviewed people. I like doing this. It was something that I really enjoyed doing for undergrad, but you know, ultimately did not want to do that for my career. But I had a lot of skills that overlap from there into business world, into counseling world, and now podcasting
0: world. Yeah. I mean, I think that is just very unique because that is what holds most people back. A big reason that holds most people back when they think about starting a podcast is those skills that you need and the tech and all of that. So I just think that's awesome that you had some experience with that already. So then, what made you decide that you wanted to start a podcast for your business?
1: Yeah. So I did a lot of blogging last year. I think when I looked back on the year, I wrote. 54 or 56 blog posts. Like it was like almost one a week was you know oh, wow. the goal, like putting out content. And just kind of wanted something different. Just wanted to try something different because I felt like with my blogs, I I am on Google now. Like if you look for keywords and you're using SEO, like that's the goal. And so I just thought, what's one more thing to do that? And just thought I'd change it up with a podcast and then all of your current clients are like all people I'm friends with. And they're like, you can definitely do this. And even before some of them started working with you, Megan was like, this is even before I think she started working with you. She was like, you can do a podcast. Like you can find the information. Anyone can put it together. And I was like, "I, I do know a lot of like, you know, random people. If you didn't start a podcast in 2020, like what were you doing? Like people were at home during COVID. Like I could start a podcast. So I felt like, okay, Anyone can do it, but like I think I could do it with integrity and use it for my business.
0: I know. I feel like everybody thinks it's this big scary thing. And then when they actually do it, they're like, oh, I could have done this like years ago. This wasn't that bad. Exactly.
1: (laughs) And I had just come, the timing kind of all aligned. I had just come from a weekend with some friends who the guy has a podcast like just for fun with one of his friends about financial stuff. And I was kind of picking his brain and he doesn't use it for business or anything like that. Like he, I mean, it's just like a fun way to connect with his friend who lives out of town. And they talk about, it's called um, dollars and hops. They like open a beer, a different beer, and then they talk about finances. (laughs) All that to say, he was like, yes, you can do it. And I was like, No, you, he's like musical. He already had all the equipment. I still didn't like believe him that I could do it because I was like, you already have a background in this. But kind of hearing him say, no, like I know you and I know you can do it. And I I had the stuff too. I mean, yeah, I think I had a microphone and stuff already too. So I thought, okay, these people are all telling me I can do it. I think I should just trust them. And then you came onto the scene right around when I was like making that decision. Your podcast came out with the launch guide and stuff. I was like, I have a little bit of a background. I just need all the information in one place. And you had that. I was like, I'm just going to follow this and see what happens. Yeah. And it did everything go pretty smoothly for you? I think so. I Honestly, I probably would have waited to start it, but I think either you had said or someone had told me at the end of the year, Apple podcast was making some update. And it was like, if you don't get your trailer in, then it might not happen in the timeline that you want it to. So I was like, oh, I guess I got to get that in before the new year. And I kind of set that deadline for myself. And honestly, my goal was to start it at the beginning of the year because I was opening my membership again for the second time ever. But so like, if I'm just going to align these, I might as well start getting some podcast content out there before I open doors. I didn't really think it would have a huge impact on that launch, but just thought, fresh start, new year, let's try something new.
0: Yeah, that's good timing. And now that you say that, I do remember that. I think it was like the beginning or the end of last December. So, December 2021, Apple was making all these big updates and they sent out a message saying, you need to get your – you need to submit your show by like, I don't know, December 15th or something or you might not get in till the end of the year. So that's And they smart. scared me and it took like 12
1: yeah. hours and it was up. And I was like, okay, okay. I guess – I mean, I'm doing this, so. Yes. I
0: know. So I think like years – like a couple of years ago, it used to take like up to two weeks for your show to get accepted. And some people still run into issues with that. And there'll be like this big delay in having their show accepted. But for like I've never had that experience. Usually it's like pretty instant, so right? So fast, when you yeah. Yeah, so fast. But I still, I still like to submit like two weeks before the launch date because I'm always just worried that something Yeah, I would
1: not wait to the last minute.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now, did you have, when you first got started, did you have like a bunch of episodes batched up? How did you go about your recording? Like what was your process there? So I
1: think I thought I put the trailer out and I did that a couple weeks before. And I think I just followed your advice. I had three episodes come out that first week and had those ready to go, which was good because it gave me a way to get in the swing of things and go ahead. And before it was even out in the world, record three, edit them, have everything ready to go. And I liked that strategy. So it wasn't overwhelming to me. Like now I'm three weeks ahead when I haven't, you know, barely even started yet. And then put those out. And then I've been doing weekly episodes ever since. So it took a while and I feel like I'm still learning the rhythm of how to batch and how it works with my week and my schedule. But I like, the, I like putting together the content. I like the end result. It is a lot of work on the back end. And I knew I was kind of signing up for that because blogging takes work too when you have to make the images and schedule everything. Yeah. So it's a little of that. I would tell anyone who's like going to start a podcast, especially if they're doing it themselves, be prepared. Like it is, it's a, what do they call that? Like a a race for like content creation. And yeah. I already have... I'm good at like scheduling my ideas out for a while. It's just everything takes time to record and put together. And um, so that's it's not stressful to me.
0: I just have to make the time when I don't have that much time. Yeah, absolutely. You have to make it a priority or it, it's so easy to for it to kind of like things start to slip. And it is something that you have to like constantly – be keeping up with but I agree like I I tweak my schedule all the time like I'll get in a groove of like okay on Fridays I'm gonna record this many episodes and then something happens life happens and then things get messed up and you have to start a new schedule but I'm the same way where I have all these ideas mapped out but then like finding the time to sit down and do everything is what is a little bit of a challenge so what is your I love to hear just like people's step by step process for people who are producing their their own shows. So, what do you like what is your process? Like do you sit down and outline and then record in the same sitting? Does it kind of vary? What does that look like for you?
1: Yeah, I think something that I took from you before I even got started was knowing I need to have some sort of a system because that doesn't come naturally to me. So, I created a Trello board that I mean, it's almost like a checklist of things and then I move them over once it's completed. So that just kind of helps me stay on track, especially if I'm batching because I make a little cello note card for each episode. So I might be at different places in what I'm doing for each episode. But ideally, I sit down and I write the episode. I try and do that in the morning when I have a brain that is functioning and I try and write it out. And I've done different things before. I've tried to not write anything out. I've tried to do an outline. I've written every word. I heard somebody talk about their podcast and say that she types it, just she's talking out loud as she's doing it. And so even the inflections of things, it's just like how she would normally talk. And I, I honestly, I do that just because I know myself and those things that I lean towards. Like, I don't say um a lot. I say so, and I have a 30-minute run-on sentence that I just never take a breath and I talk really (laughs) fast. So those things have helped me just kind of narrow in on my cadence and how I'm speaking. So I try and write. And then, I mean, the recording is when my house is quiet. So that is sometimes during nap time, I hope, for my little (laughs) ones when they're napping in the afternoon. But sometimes if I'm last minute, it's at night. (laughs) Like It's always in my closet. That's where I record. And then I'll batch edit them. Mostly that's like the thing that I feel like I sit down and I I edit. I heard you um, and Lauren, I think in your podcast episode, talk about when you were talking about editing. Wait, where uh-huh. is I going with this? I um, don't know. <laughs> oh, you were saying that was the thing that people like to hire out oh, the most no. because honestly, that's the thing I don't mind most is the editing. It's like the thing that I'm like, okay, I can like sit here and play with it. It doesn't take yeah. me a hundred years to do before I started, I had no frame of reference for how long that would take me. But I feel like especially if I'm sitting there batching it, I'm in the mindset and I can get through them pretty quickly. And then I'm kind of doing, as soon as I finish that and I have all those audio clips, I'm kind of doing a hundred things at once up on my screen. I I have Libsyn open and I've I'm working on the show notes and stuff.
0: And yep. <laughs> and as I'm editing, I'll be doing show notes. Like that's what I was gonna ask you. Do you like take notes or do you pull from your outline for show notes? I do a little bit of both. So yeah
1: depending on where I am. I'll be like editing and listening and writing and be like, oh, oh, hold on. I wasn't listening to that. I need to go back. I like cannot focus on one thing at a time. It's like
0: that reel that's like I've got a million tabs in my brain open at once. And I'm the same way. It's like that's why it's so hard. I know people love to have like a concrete like this is the step-by-step process, but it is different for everybody. And like there's so many ways that you can do this that you kind of just like have to experiment and do what works for you.
1: So I have my, sh- I usually have my show notes, like I have a template almost for yeah. show notes and my episode. And I, I make my copy from Google and I have those open and I'm kind of jotting things because like, as I'm writing those, I also want to make sure that I'm using, I'm doing like the SEO stuff well as I'm doing it. So I don't want to like create the whole outline or whatever and it be totally off. So I'm like, have created a new page in WordPress and I'm working on that and it all comes together in the end. I just, it's pretty much a day like dedicated to that. I'm not, I'm probably not jumping around and doing everything because I want to finish it off and have it published and scheduled and ready to go. So once I get into finishing the editing phase, that is all like a batch kind of process too. I think the most annoying part is the like graphics. Like I hate, I mean, it's easy I'm because I you. have templates and yes. I have pictures to insert
0: in them, but I'm like, okay, here, there's so many different ones you have to have. I know. And I like, I've been, I try to like switch things up and like, obviously, that's more work, but then I, that's just something you can go down a rabbit hole with too. Like, am exactly. Like, I don't like not? this template here. anymore. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm, cause that's how I am. I'm like, I'm bored of this. I have to change it. But it's funny because it is like a, simple, quote unquote, simple task. And that's how I am about, I don't know why. And it literally takes five minutes, but putting, actually like copying and pasting my show notes on my website, I like dread doing, I don't know why it's so silly because it's like the quickest task ever.
1: And so I can't determine like, is it something, which of the things do I hate the most that I would like want to hire out? But yeah. I also really struggle with like the control part of it too. I'm like, will they do it right? Which oh, you hear totally. every business person say like, you need to give that up. You need to figure that out. That's a that's a heart issue for you. So I probably need to figure that
0: out. Yes. I struggle with that too. What you should do, and you probably already know this, but like literally like video yourself, screen record yourself doing it so that if you do end up hiring it out, the person will know exactly how you do it. I've also thought about
1: using like a toggle or like a timing feature so I know like how long it should take a person to do or should take me to do so I can kind of stay on track and I could maybe think about how working that into my schedule. Like, okay. Making the images should take me 10 minutes. Like it should not take me that long. And let me focus on that and get it done. I've got 10 minutes before they wake up from their nap. Let me go do this real quick.
0: Yes. I know. Do you, I ever, I always find like when I am in a time crunch and I only have like a 20 minute time slot, I'm so much more efficient with getting work done than if I'm, Definitely. Like, oh, I have all day and I can just like sit and play with this for forever. I know. <laughs> when I don't have that much like
1: time, I mean, especially with, you know, kids in preschool and we off during the summer. I'm like, I have to be very strategic about my time and how I spend it. So, I mean, I think that podcasting, I hope, pays off dividends like later. Like I'm also on Google and this is new content that people are listening to. And my hope is that they would know, like, and trust me because they feel like they're listening to me in their earbuds every week and yeah. we're friends. And so that's my hope for the future. So hopefully all this work pays off. <laughs> Yes. you know, with a membership launch and, and just, you
0: know, people buying products on TBT and stuff. Do you, when you go to like outline your episodes and produce them, do you do keyword research beforehand or after? Or do you kind of just like think of a keyword as you're writing your show notes? Kind of.
1: I think I kind of have an idea. I might... I think coming up with a title is really hard for me yeah. because I want to make sure I'm using the right keyword, but it sounds natural yes. and that I haven't used it a hundred times before. <laughs> so I mean, I sometimes I have to get creative so that it works with rank math like in WordPress, but it, I don't spend a ton of time doing yeah. that. I kind of know what the high school counselors are looking for. Yes. So based on my content that I'm planning for the month or for the quarter... I kind of have an idea of
0: what the keyword will be. Yeah, I know. Sometimes I just do like keyword research in my brain and think about what people would be searching for. I will like run it through Google and see what kind of comes
1: up and see what of mine is already ranking in there. Um, I know the couple of blog posts that are kind of hot right now that people are searching for. So if I'm on a similar topic, I'm like, okay, this could get them here or now I need to go back to that blog post or that podcast and link them together too. There's just so much more to think about. Like I want to direct people to those places. So how do I hit them from all angles?
0: Yes. Yes. So now that you've had, so you've had your podcast for what? Like uh, since January, seven months, seven months now. So how are things going in terms of like, are you seeing it have an impact on your business? Are you seeing, are you like talking to your listeners at all? What kind of results are you seeing so far?
1: I get super encouraged when people reach out and send a message and say that they were listening or that they love this episode. I think I get the most, that doesn't happen all the time. Like I wish, I'm always like, send me a DM. Like, please, am I talking to anyone? But I I know that they're listening because I can see the stats on Libsyn. I can see which ones are more popular and so I like being able to see the numbers. I know that you don't have other people's numbers to compare to and you know that's not really what it's all about, but to see, okay, this episode resonated with them because this one's more popular or this one's more popular. I wonder if people are finding it from a certain place, whether it is a posted in a Facebook group or yeah. there's a blog post that was doing really well. So I think like I said, my hope is that people would be listening and just long-term it would pay off in terms of how they trust me in the content that I deliver. Yeah. I will be opening my membership again in about a month, a little less than a month. And I'm really hoping that I see you know some growth there because of the podcast, because I don't know, this is the first August that I'm doing it. I open it twice a year and last August was the first time ever. So it'll be a different a variable to this yeah. launch. So it's yeah, hard to know if it came directly to. from
0: podcasting, you know, stuff, but we'll see. Yeah. Do you have anything set up where you can ask people like, I don't know. How like, they found have, it or. Yeah. Or like why I they was decided to about join. about that. Yeah. I was thinking about doing some sort of intro survey. I haven't. Yeah. Like in your uh, email sequence when people mm-hmm. join your membership, you could have it set up so that you could say like, what was, why did you decide to finally join? And you could even put like multiple choice questions so that podcast yeah. is in there so that if they see podcast as an answer, it might spark them to say That's that a good that idea. I season. have
1: something in my membership where I spotlight members and one or two of the questions is something like that. Like, why did you join? So maybe I can add that to a new member survey or something too.
0: Yeah. Now, if you're willing to, can you tell us a little bit like how you're leveraging your podcast leading up to your launch? Yeah. So the same way that I
1: did blog posts leading up to the previous launches. I took Amy Porterfield's Digital Course Academy and I feel like a lot of that overlaps into just all pre-launch kind of content. I have used the blog posts that I wrote last year and kind of turned those into podcasts. So I always think that, okay, this is I'm just gonna make it very similar to the blog post. And then I start recording. I'm like, this has gone a completely different direction, but I love it. Like I actually like zeroed in on something even smaller than the blog post was about. And so they've the podcast episodes have actually taken on a different personality than I would have expected them to. So I think the pre-launch content will be a little bit different, like probably to no one else but me. Like I noticed because i I saw what that runway looked like before. But it's very intentional. I've looked at. I I try and think of what reasons why what would be the reasons why someone wouldn't want to join the membership and I like write to that or put together a podcast for that and kind of build their confidence that what I have to offer is their solution and I have done that I mean it's probably 8 or 10 weeks out that I think about that and honestly it's pretty easy this time around like the material because I wrote it for a blog posts last year and then I can just kind of tweak it based on now what I know about my members And what they've said inside the membership about the things they love and the solutions that the membership
0: brings. I always tell people because that's the other concern that people have is well, I'm going to run out of content ideas, or I've already talked about this. And I'm like, I don't know how to explain this, but I don't think I'll ever run out of content ideas. Never, never. I have a podcast about podcasting for (laughs) educators, and I could think of episode ideas for days.
1: (laughs) Yes. And once you have opened that door of communication with your listeners, they send you questions. I mean, it was happening on Instagram already. And so I just have an ongoing list of potential blog posts and podcast episodes. I'm always like, I'll add that to my list. That's a great. We start a conversation like personally in DMs and then I start taking notes. I'm like, I'm going to use this for an episode because if you're asking
0: it, a lot of other people have the same question. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's just so many opportunities for, for episode ideas. Now, you are also trying out private podcasting, and I know yes, that you've, you're using it in kind of two it. different ways. Me too. I love it. Yes. I love that you're obsessed with it. <laughs> so tell us how you're using, because I know you you have it for your membership. I have it for a
1: membership. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So that was something I added
1: back in November. So wait, I don't know what year we're in, what month we're in. I added it after my membership had already started and I heard about private podcasting, and I was like, here's the problem inside the membership is people don't have time to consume the content. They get overwhelmed by the content and then that's why they leave. So what's the solution to that? Make it easier. I know for me too, I want to listen on the go as I'm sitting in traffic or you know, for them on their way to work. How can I solve this problem? Private podcast. I take everything that we've done inside because a lot of it is teaching and live calls. So I just pull that audio. They make it super easy. Like you could literally just drop the video file in and just put it out there. But I add a little intro on it or some music, which again, if I'm already doing another podcast, it's not that big of a deal, not that hard to do. And then I put it in there and I usually try and do it that night or the next day. So it's pretty timely and still relevant for them. And they get a notification, it pops up. And if they've never subscribed to it, I try and send reminder emails like, hey, here's your link. Just click on it. And now you have access. And I currently have a member who is like just getting into it. She's been in the membership for a year and she's just getting into the, <laughs> the private podcast. She's like, this is awesome. Like why, why didn't I do this before? Now I can catch up. And I she feels the value of it because yes. she can actually consume the content when it's convenient for her. And she can pick and choose based on the titles and kind of choose her own adventure as to what she needs and use the content for for what I created it for to help better their lives.
0: Yes. I love that. I know. I feel like sometimes you have you, – if you use a private podcast like that, it's like getting people to understand how amazing it is because sometimes I forget not everybody in the world is as obsessed with podcasts as we are. Right. <laughs> but if they could just try it, they're going to love it. So it's just a matter of like getting them to get in there and subscribe and see the value in it. I
1: also feel like it's unique. You know, there aren't a lot of counselor memberships anyway, but yeah, I mean, private podcasting is unique. It's just a different feature that I feel like I can sell as one more unique thing that's inside my membership that I
0: provide to my people to make their lives easier. Oh it totally makes you stand out and it's a great a great additional thing to use on on your sales page and when you're marketing your membership I'm interrupting this episode for a brief moment to answer one of the biggest questions that podcasters have. How do I continue to bring in and retain new listeners? Here's my favorite answer, podcast guesting. When you guest on the right podcasts, you're positioning yourself in front of ideal listeners and customers. This is a powerful strategy when done intentionally, and I can show you how in my mini course, Guesting for Educators. In this course, I'll teach you my three-step approach to landing and leveraging podcast guest interviews. When you join, you'll get access to the course content, templates, swipe copy, and even a list of shows who are currently accepting guests. The best part, you can work your way through the content in less than a weekend. What are you waiting for? Head to www.podcastingforeducators.com guesting to learn more. Back to the episode. So the second
1: private podcast that I have I started, I was like, I need to leverage this. Let me tell you. So it's very affordable to have a private podcast. And once I launched the second time though, I ran into a roadblock where I didn't want new members to have access to the old stuff, if that makes sense. Like they hadn't paid for it. Yep. And one of, the, one of the upgrades, you have to pay for that to kind of give them the like date that they started and then moving forward. So with that upgrade came two more feeds because with the first one you get one feed and I was using it and I knew I'm using this I really enjoy the program they have great customer service. Yeah, they're amazing. I can increase and I will do something with it because my thought was my thought was always can I use this as an opt in to my email list? Like what can I use a second feed for? If I had a digital course, like could I I would use it for that. So I already had all these ideas spinning in the back of my mind. So then when I had to upgrade and I had the two fe- two more feeds, it's like, okay, it's time to use this. So I am adding onto this course launch a private podcast for back to school to like get ready for back to school. And it has been awesome. Probably, I mean, more than half of the people who've opted into the podcast, you know, I can like kind of track where they're coming in with my email list. They're all new people. And I'm like, those are people, those are my people because I've titled it. I mean, it is for high school counselors. There might be middle school people who sneak in there, but there are also counselors who work with sixth through 12th grade that I might just be missing because they've always been looking for middle school stuff. So the people that it has been bringing in, I think are the right people. And I've gotten great feedback from that. A lot of people have said, have sent me messages saying they've really enjoyed it. It's just three episodes. I haven't decided if I will... Cut it off. I think it might be like a limited time kind of thing because yeah. it's timely around back to school anyway. But the call to action for all three of those episodes is to go request to join my pop up Facebook group because I'll have that around the launch too. That was probably the most successful part of my August launch last year was the pop up Facebook group. So I thought, what's like one more way to prime them to take action? So I wanted them to have quick wins, I wanted them to see. This is a way I can be successful. And each of those three episodes is a how-to episode. And then once they join the private Facebook group or the pop-up Facebook group, we're going to have a challenge inside there that comes from having listened to that. So I wanted to do it early enough that they had plenty of time to listen because some people like to do nothing over the summer and some people are itching for something. I did a poll on my Instagram stories and it was literally 50-50 of You know, I didn't want to offend someone who wanted to really enjoy their summer and hear nothing about school. Yeah. But then if I don't do that, people are asking me questions all summer. And I'm like, I need to give you something. So this private podcast is a way like you can choose if you would like to start doing this. And I've gotten great feedback
0: so far. So I'm excited about it. That's amazing. Yeah. And not only are you allowing them that choice, but even further, like now if if they're kind of like on the fence about doing stuff for school at least they can consume this through a podcast. They don't have to be like at a computer screen or anything like that. So that's awesome. So you're driving people into that pop-up Facebook group. Now on the private podcast, are you mentioning your membership at all? Oh, I've been mentioning my membership on every podcast. like (laughs) I started the podcast (laughs) so they know it's coming. But I also took
1: a note out of Stu McLaren's book with his membership. I started, I decided on a date that the doors were opening and now I've been saying August 15th, August 15th. So there'll be live webinars for it but i have been saying you know doors open to the facebook group on august 8th and then doors open to the membership on august 15th and we'll have some live workshops but i may, i want to be very transparent and very clear like there are people waiting who want to be a part of it and i never want it to be like here is oh i'm just going to like slide you this offer that you weren't expecting i i really truly believe that what i have brings value and i i want to be transparent that it's coming it's opening It opens twice a year so that I can commit to the people who are inside and not, you know, constantly churning, bringing new people in, but it helps me concentrate and get excitement around that. So I hadn't done that for either of the last two launches, like said, this is the date. But I mean, especially with back to school season, I don't want people to miss an email or to just forget just in the hustle and bustle of the beginning of the school year because I do feel like that happened last year. So I just want it – I want them to be like, August 15th. There's something yeah. about that what? date.
0: What was What's that? What's happening today? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm joining a Lawrence membership. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I think that that's so smart I, for two reasons. Like, it holds you accountable when you're saying that date over and over again. It, it holds you accountable for like, okay, I have to have X, Y, and Z done by this date. And, and there's so many things that like have to piece together to make exactly. it happen anyway. It was like, I've already picked this date, so let's just yeah, tell people about it. Let's do it. And it's giving them the opportunity for people to hear it over and over and over again because yep. we know how important that is.
1: Yeah. And whether they listen to, you know, only one of those private podcast episodes or they just listen to – they find me and they listen to the episode that pertains most to them on my regular podcast, like I want them to know it's coming. and. Yes. You yeah. know only if if they only came in one
0: time, one place and they weren't like a dedicated weekly listener, I want to make sure I don't miss them, yeah, absolutely, because you never know what people are listening to, what they're not listening to. Now, how are you marketing your private podcast? Are you talking about it through like just socials and email? Yeah, I actually next Monday,
1: I'm starting a Facebook ad for it. so oh, you are. okay, that's what yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna run that for maybe 10 days, I think, and see what happens. I think if you're on my email list, you already know about it. Like I had good clicks from current email people to subscribe to it. And I mean, the conversion rates are good. So I know that it will be worth when people click on it, they sign up for it. It's free, valuable content that they're choosing to sign up for. And again, it's unique and it's different. So we'll see how the Facebook ad goes for it and I could
0: report back later but Please do. I want to yeah. know how it goes. Yeah, I want to know. But definitely email and social is. media. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. All right. Well, Lauren, this has been amazing and I feel like you've given us so many good so much good information about how you're using podcasting. Before we wrap up, I have two quick questions for you, and then I'm going to just ask you where we can find you and where we can listen to your podcast and all of that. So number one is if you could interview your favorite childhood star just for fun on your podcast, who would it be?
1: Okay. I went back and forth about a couple different people, but and I hope no one has said this one on your podcast already, (laughs) but I would choose Justin Timberlake because Uh, who wouldn't want to interview Justin Timberlake now, but... Also, like I was a big In Sync fan when Same. I was in middle school, and now I mean, how could you not be? So, I just feel like he's a jack of all trades and would be a really funny person to talk to an in interview. So, Justin oh, Timberlake is, is my
0: solid answer. Nobody good. has said that yet, and oh, good, yes, absolutely, I know. And I think I mean, I I was definitely In Sync over Backstreet Boys. NSYNC Backstreet Boys all the was way. my first concert, and In Sync oh. was my second. So I, you know, I I was never
1: like a only one or the other, yeah. but. I think when it comes down to it I think I was in
0: sync if I had to decide. I mean, definitely, definitely. And I love Justin Timberlake even more now because Right, he's right. So he talented. has just
1: withstood like the test of time yes. and so I'm here for it.
0: Oh, I love it. That's such a good answer. All right, and then do you have any favorite podcasts right now that you listen to for business or for fun? My
1: two like fun ones that I love listening to are the popcast. Do you listen to oh, the popcast? No. Writing. Oh, that write down. that down. <laughs> um, it's like these two hosts and I mean they they have all different kinds of like themed episodes and you know, it's pop culture, but they talk about I mean, there's always like a bachelor-bachelorette intro episode previewing the contestants and I mean, they talk about what stuff you should know, just like movies that are coming out, which I, even if you're not fully invested in those things, I'm like, I haven't been to a movie in a hundred years, but (laughs) I really enjoy them as hosts and everything, that all the content they have to share. So I laugh out loud when I listen to them. (laughs) You LOL. I LOL. (laughs) And then second is the Lazy Genius podcast. Oh, yeah. You you introduced me to that one. Oh, good, good. Because she has changed my... 2022. I just, I'm not a structured or routine person, but the things she says, um, her like tagline is to be a genius about the things that matter and lazy about the things that don't. And I'm like, that is so freeing to be able to walk away from things I don't care about and really choose what matters. And I have incorporated so many of those things into my household. So I always, whenever I see one of her episodes, I'm like, how could she tell me how to Routine my summer at the pool, or like lazy genius my summer at the pool. I'm like, how is that even going to help me? And then I listen, I'm like, wow, my, I, my mind is blown changed. right now. <laughs> yes, every episode I feel like that. So those are my two like fun ones that I listen
0: to pretty frequently. Yeah, those are solid. Yeah, you, I think it was around the holidays, you had shared, I feel like you had shared an episode or something on your social media. And I was like, what is this? And I listened to it and exactly the word you used, it was so freeing. It, there was an episode on holiday gifts. And nothing yes. stresses me out more than Christmas presents. <laughs> and she was like, "Decide what matters." Yeah, like she is was like, it... "If you want to get a gift card, get a gift card." And I'm like, "Oh my god, I can get a gift card! I'm getting gift cards." <laughs> I know. I mean, it's simple, but I absolutely love it. Yes, I love it too. Uh, sometimes you just need like permission to do things from total strangers to <laughs> and I tr- and I trust Kendra and the lazy genius, and I she is my voice of reason now. Yes, I love it. Oh my gosh, so good. Well, where can people find you online? Where can they find your podcast? Tell us all the things.
1: So I am Counselor Click, C L I Q U E on all the socials. My podcast is called High School Counseling Conversations and you know, just like yours, you can listen anywhere. I have a membership called the Click Collaborative and that is for high school counselors and we'll be opening on August 15th. August 15th, people. Yep. yep. (laughs) And, you know, I have a TPT store. That's where people are getting their resources to make their high school counseling programs better. But I love connecting with people on Instagram. That's where I like to hang out the most. So if you have listened to this and liked it, shoot me a DM. I'd love to hear from people who overlap here in this space and the podcasting space.
0: Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Lauren, so fun to talk to on Instagram. I feel like you were actually like one of the first people I started talking to. I'm an OG. (laughs) Like I have been
1: around (laughs) since you started. Yes,
0: Yes, you have. When I first started my new Instagram page, Lauren was one of the first people I chatted with on there. So go check her out. Well, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. So much fun. Thanks for having me, Sarah. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. To keep this conversation going, connect with me on Instagram at podcasting for educators. I'm always looking for an excuse to talk about podcasting. If you're looking for support in launching, managing, or growing your podcast, check out my online course, the podcasting for educators prep school at podcastingforeducatorscom slash prep school. I'll see you here next time.